Welcome to The Red Podcast, a place for bold, inspired, outrageously courageous, and just a tad bit naughty women leaders come together. I'm Elaine Kalila, and I'm the founder of the Priestess Presence Temple, a sisterhood of over 80,000 women. For the past 25 years, I've had the great pleasure and privilege of supporting, inspiring, catalyzing, and initiating women to remember who they are. The Red Podcast is a place where you can come to lean into your edges, listen for that which yearns to be expressed more fully through you, and to say yes to the places that probably scare you. More importantly, I'm going to be talking with some amazing women who are spiritual and grounded, and we're going to be chatting about what it takes for each one of us to step into the legacy of our purpose and fully bring it to the world that we're here to co-create. Your presence is a gift, so I say bring it. We're here to listen to your red, your leading edge, that place of evolution within you. Hope you enjoy the conversations. Well, hello there, my beautiful, beautiful ones of the Red Podcast. It's Elaine Kalila back with yet another episode to delight you, inspire you, intrigue you, and maybe guide you along your way. As you know, I am dedicated to interviewing women that I think are out there um, rabble-rousing in the spiritual realm who are on the edges of their own revolution, evolution in terms of leadership. And I am focusing these last few podcast episodes on the realm of magic, astrology, alchemy, all of these amazing terms that interlink with one another in the most beautiful of ways. And I'm kind of getting under the surface of what is magic? You know, I think we use that word a lot and it's like, well, what the heck is it? So I am today inviting a sister by the name of Elegna Moss to come join me. And I had to ask Elegna, I knew we'd met before and I was like, I can't remember in the blur of the last few years. And now I recall, after she shared it with me, I actually was at a summit that she did called Awakening or Celebrating Your Divine Spark. Your Divine Spark, that spark that illuminates us. So it's a great place for us to start. And now we are recircling back around with another conversation where I, Legna, really want to get into um, your, how, I think we all have different ways of seeing what magic actually is. So I'd love to start by saying, well, first and foremost, thank you for being here and hello. Hello. Well, it's an honor to be here and to share space with you again. It's definitely it's been a long time. Yeah, it has been, but it's been a you know, long it's time fun then and it's fun now. And yeah, it's mm. the last few years have been a blur. It's, it's literally feels like it was forever ago by the same time. Like I we just woke up from a dream and it's like, <laughs> I know, right? I think we, we're all having a bit of that, you know, in terms of the post COVID and I just, you know, I, and astrologically speaking, mm. in the big transit worlds, we'll all know that, you know, Saturn finally left Aquarius and went into Pisces, thank goodness. Yes. So, that gotta, so that we all got a bit of let up. And I know I've been feeling that like, oh, woo, okay. And then we had the, the big news of the year, which is, you know, Pluto moving. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. And moving into into Aquarius. So I know you've all been feeling that. And it's actually, as we're recording this, about to go back into Capricorn for a bit more time this year. So you might feel that one too. And then there's Venus in Leo, which is doing a whole big dance for the next, I think, till October this year. 
where we're going to be dancing with that whole energy. So there's a lot going on in the skies, isn't there? I've been really feeling the transits this year personally, but I know in my own community, I've been talking about this quite a bit in terms of the magic that's available to us right now. And that's where I'd like to start, Legna, because I know that you're really interested in astrology and human design and these maps that we could understand that really help us to understand ourselves a bit more and the magic that we carry. So my first question of where I've been starting in my inquiry is, what is magic <laughs> for you? Yeah. I knew that was going to be the first question. <laughs> yeah. Um, to me, like really magic is, you know, it's, it could be, it's just so simply just working with the energy that is present in everything and being able to consciously uh, co-create and influence energy you know energy within us energy around us the interconnectedness of it all being able to consciously be aware and mm. work with and influence and co-create with it that's that's magic and it can show up in so many different ways it can show up in synchronicity and can it show up in um you know manifestation and in different things but at the core of it is just like alchemy is working with energy is working with the most elemental most you know at its core what we're all are what we're y'all are energy the universe is an energetic universe so mm-hmm. me yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what magic is so so i love it when you I, the, the bit that stands out to me that i i'm I, I kind of would like to dive into a little bit more is 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 you know is this idea of being in co-creation with mm-hmm. And I think that that's a very fascinating notion that's, that's a, for me, is about that journey of maturation, of what I call spiritual maturation, where we realize that we are actually a part of the co-creation of our own lives, that we are creators, that we are born in the design of the divine creator, that we have that capacity. And for me, awakening my understanding of magic has been oh, you know, we're creating all the time, whether we realize it or not. And magic to me is the conscious choice to be engaging with that creational process magically, consciously. I'm actually doing it on purpose rather than it's happening anyway, right? (laughs) So, yeah. So in your own life, when did you start to wake up to this idea of magic? Like, I'm curious with the younger Elegna, like when you were in your, <laughs> you know, in your own sort of journey, like when, when and where did you start to wake up to this idea that, that magic exists and that there's this co-creativity? I'm curious, I'm always curious, like where the origin story is. Yeah, I know. That's also, that's always interesting to, to hear too. And it's, um, you know, it's funny now that I look, I look back now and I realize like the magic, I, I can't remember when it wasn't present in my life. Cause in one way or another, I look back now when I was, um, you know, my first memories when I was like six, seven and I would, you know, see different beings at night and that would scare me. And I would like be away, you know, astro project spontaneously or lucid dream spontaneously. And there's always like, there was always this sense of more. There was always this sense of this isn't all there is. There's more to this. Like I've always had that. And it's, I never really got to start playing with it until I was like in middle school. I think I was 12 or 13. I got into Wicca and most of the, you know, the natural, um, you know, which playing with the spells and things like that and playing with, uh, playing with nature and things like that. And 
I did that for like a few months, just having fun and exploring with it. But then my mother got so scared. And, you know, she was coming from a background of uh, Catholicism and thinking that because I'm now exploring these topics, I was opening up like portals to like demons to come in. And, you know, there was so much fear there that she kind of forced me to stop. So I shut the door on this magical self that I was starting to explore and it stayed shut for a while until I would say I was in college, maybe towards the end of college. Mm. Um, and I had, I had a, a mushroom trip, <laughs> like kind of reopened the door for me. And it was just mm. like alone wide open. I'm just like, I had this realization, this amazing trip where it was like, Oh, we're all God. We're all connected. Like this is, you know, the magic kind of woke up again for me. And then ever since that, I started getting back into it. I started getting back into the Wicca, tarot, astrology. You know, I started exploring that curiosity that was always within me that I just kind of shoved to the back of, you know, like my mind and really exploring those topics and esoteric. And that was kind of the beginning of my spiritual journey. So, Mm. Yeah. You know, it's interesting to me. I think so many of us have that experience of the fear, you know, of, of that awakening into the interest in, you know, what has been kind of termed the occult or the the hidden, the mysterious, yeah. the taboo, the the thing that, you know, the, the, the Catholic Church in particular, the Roman Catholic Church in particular, this is the heresy, right? This is the work of the devil, of the demons. And ultimately, historically, was that which we were persecuted for, tortured for, burned at the stake for, working with sorcery or with magic or with alchemy or with medicine and the plants and the natural world and the feminine cycles of the mysteries, all of this stuff. This kind of, you know, I think embedded within us, it's not outside of us, right? It's in us. And so when we start to awaken to it, it's interesting to me, you know, this is that version of the witch wound or the priestess wound that so many of us have experienced, which is not necessarily that we're scared of it, but those around us are scared of it. I remember... Um, you know, I didn't have a very close relationship with my mom. She didn't raise me, but but I remember when I first started this work inside of the priestessing, and um, <laughs> my mom. I mean, bless her. She's she's on the other side now, and she was an evangelical Christian, and she would tell me so regularly. She would say, "Oh, my 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 prayer group's praying for you that you mm. find the way that you find the way back right to the light right. to." Christ is your savior, this whole thing. And I would always say to her, oh, mom, you know what? We're, we're, we're actually talking to the same people. <laughs> I'm actually involved. Talking. I have a great relationship with Jesus. It's, it's just fine. You know what I mean? And, but it was very, very hard for her to, to understand that. And for her, even the act of lighting a candle was kind of, you know, because in the yeah. in the evangelical church, there is nothing, none of that ritual stuff exists. So, you know, I, I really understand that. So you had that kind of pushback and then you had the mushroom journey. So many of us mm-hmm. have had these experiences through our psychedelic friends, right? That yes. awaken us to that unitive experience and realizing, oh, it's all God, it's all energy and I'm part of it and there's no separation. So as you sort of went on your journey, what, what, what was like a, a turning point for you 
in your own learning of kind of actually moving from being one who was interested in it to really it becoming such a part of your life? You know, it's, I can't say that there was one particular moment. It's been like a very slow progression because mm-hmm. that was, okay, that was, that awakening was in 2009. So mm-hmm. it felt like so long ago, but it's just, it, it was just a slow unfolding of me following that, my curiosity, following, um, and I love to learn, like, that's could be the Gemini side of me. I have like so much Gemini, but I love to learn all the things. So I follow that curiosity and it was just, eventually it became, um, you know, taking different programs and being, you know, a participant in different circles and just growing and growing and growing in that space and practicing and experimenting and just yeah. And even, and even now I, I still feel, I look back and it's so funny because I look back and I'm like, it's been like such a long journey, but I still feel like I'm a beginner. <laughs> like I still exactly. feel like I'm at the beginning yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah. I totally get that feeling. Yeah. I, I understand that. And I think that that's the hallmark of, of any of this work is, is actually it requires us to stay in that beginner's mind, right. In that place of, of wonderment and openness because that's actually a prerequisite of magic, from my opinion, right? So, okay, so how do you work magically? What does that even look like? What are some of your magical practices or or ways that you interface with your world with magic at the forefront? Because everybody has different different versions of this, and I'm so curious. Yeah, and you know what's funny? Because I go through different phases as well. Like, you know, there's a phase where I'm trying to learn about herbs and I want to learn about plants, yeah. a phase where I want to learn about, you know, more ritual and things like that. But right now I'm in the channeling phase where I'm learning about light language and I'm learning how to connect with higher dimensional beings and different realms, like um, the fairies that have been calling to me lately, um, you know, working with angels and working with just different realms and realities and just like channeling different wisdoms and really opening that up. And that to me has been kind of my biggest thing because of that witch wound like opening up my voice uh-huh. and really expressing like you know it's just a couple of weeks ago I was trying I was taking this light languaging uh class to try to channel that because it's something that's been gnawing at me for a while but there's still so much fear there there's so much fear of like this is insane like what are people gonna think like me you know speaking in tongues or you know like it's there was still a lot of fear to work there and there was something that unlocked where it was very ancestral so Mm -hmm. right now that ancestral energy of and I didn't realize this before but I I recently received an intuitive hit that there's just so much magic in my mother's line down the line a lot of psychic ability and gifts that were suppressed for so long and I you know I I had this dream where it, it seemed like it's now on me to break that, to claim uh-huh. it, to uh-huh. claim it for our, for our line, to claim it and speak up. And like all this, and it, at the same time, I'm having this fear, literally what I was trying to speak in halfway through meditation, trying to uh, channel light language. And I'm just like tears pouring. Cause I'm like, I can't, I can't. The words want to come out. Like the sound is like there. And it's just like literally feeling mm-hmm. like my, my throat just being you know, like I'm being choked and it's like this fear and it's such a physical experience. And then really allowing myself to surrender that, mm-hmm. to surrender into that and let go of the fear and still speak. And even if it's a little whisper, let it myself, just, even if it's that whisper, just open up and, and mm-hmm. claim it, claim those gifts, claim that calling. 
and let that be bigger than the fear. So that's kind of where I've been working at right now, really just breaking through that and diving into my ancestral lineage, diving into what it means to really, I don't know, like have a bigger impact through my voice. Oh, I love it. So, so I'd love to dig in a little bit deeper there because of the, of the stories. So what it, your mother's ancestral lineage is from, from where, 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 the, where are her people from? Um, well, I'm Dominican. So from my mother's side, it's mostly um, European, mm-hmm. Spanish, the Spanish. I think there's a little bit more of the, a little bit of the Native American mixed in, in there. And then of course, a little bit of the African on my mother's, on my father's side is more of the African lineage, but it's, it. it's, it's half and half. It's a little bit yeah. of, you know, both, but my mother's lineage is the one that has always called me the, the strongest, which is interesting. It, yeah. And it makes sense. I mean, my, my nurse know is in my fourth house. So, you know, that connection makes sense, but. Oh, that is interesting. North Node, by the way, is your node of destiny. It's what's calling you forward this lifetime for those of you who may need that translation. I'm a North Node in the ninth house. So all of mine is about teaching and speaking and traveling and philosophy and education makes total sense, right? (laughs) That's where I, that's where I hang out. So I'm, I'm so curious. So as you've been, because what you're speaking, I think is this piece around so many of the women that I work with and that probably you work with too, mm-hmm. have some version of this wound around the magic around and magic by magic. We're really talking about all the different realms of magic that we could work with. Right. right. And this one that you're talking about in terms of the voice. And I, and I just want to say this because our voices are so powerful. We're here on a mm-hmm. podcast with you for a reason. There's a reason I do a podcast and not a video cast because we're working purely with the power of voice and vibration and transmission through the voice. So there's the words that we're saying, right? And then there's the transmission that's coming through the words, which is maybe very different to the actual words that are being said. And that's part of the power of the voice. In my understanding and work with, um, the magic of this, which is what you're talking about, whether it's light language or speaking in tongues or toning or chanting or um, speaking or transmitting is the power of what I call the encantrix. It's the one in us who is the encanter, the one who encants. And incantation is an art form that I believe has very, very deep roots back into our lineages. So, I just really want to name that because it's so fascinating to me that you bring that particular piece up because that's one of the pieces I've been working with really strongly is the power of encanting. And, and I, isn't it interesting? I'm getting a catch in, in my throat right now. My goodness. <laughs> Let's leave that in there because this is for real. Mm-hmm. Because as I'm speaking it, I'm also feeling the collective choking, literally hanging, literally muffling that we have gone through as women with Mm -hmm. our voices being able to speak in these magical ways, right? So I'm super curious as you've been connecting into your mother's lineage, have you had any 
particular ancestors show up with you or how has that worked? Because I know there's a lot of work out there in the world right now with the ancestral lineage piece and, and, and each one of us being given that kind of task as a collective individually, right. To reconnect our roots to our lineages. And we all have very, very mixed lineages where none of us pure anything. Right. So I'm super curious as you've been connecting into that, and the wound that you are here to now break, what you've been discovering, because I think this is part of what we're here to reweave. Yeah. And um, no, it, it is interesting <laughs> where before I haven't, I haven't really ever felt a strong connection with my ancestors. This is a very recent development, but I remember a few years ago, I had this dream where um it, and that's one thing about me. I have like dreams where it, it's always more than just a dream. It's, there's so much going on. But in this particular dream, it's almost like, um, it, it's almost like I was doing an intervention. Like there was this ancestor of mine that showed up that was causing havoc energetically. That was just very, very angry, like this rage. And she was just destructive. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like I was, asked to come in and intervene and speak and, and, and try to mediate the situation. And and when I spoke to this woman and she showed me, it's like in a flash, I could see her life story Mm -hmm. and she showed me all the pain and the suffering and the suppression and all the, all everything that was as a woman that she experienced. And all I felt for her was just love and compassion. And it's like that love and compassion. I, I, Somehow I was like able to just wash her with it. And and she changed. She would transmute that energy, transmute that rage and that anger. And it, it was such a quick dream, but I woke up and it felt such like a profound experience. It profound because A, it felt like an ancestor, but it also felt like an aspect of myself, like another mm-hmm. life or where you know that rage. And I feel mm-hmm. it myself now. Like there's something mm-hmm. that I feel embedded with me, and I feel it in. Um, in women where it's just there's so much pain and so much trauma that we have experienced collectively through our lines you know through our just thousands of years of patriarchy there's a lot of pain there mm-hmm. and really right now just like ex- really exploring that and diving deep into that rage and how it almost at first it's like this need to be a warrior and to destroy and to fight mm-hmm. for our fight for our power, fight for ourselves, just fight for our voices to be heard and be seen. In mm. that fight, it was so, like, it, it, it's so strong and so destructive. Mm-hmm. But now it's releasing. Now it's a different kind of fight. Now, like, love is coming in. Light is coming into that darkness within the feminine, where now it's, it's we're still spiritual warriors, but it's not, we're not destroying in order to, Mm-hmm. you know stand up for ourselves. now is we're healing now mm-hmm. we're bringing love into it so really coming to face with my own rage and my own anger and my own relationship with the masculine mm-hmm. that has been my biggest lesson so far which is interesting because i took your um your i think your priestess quiz one of the your latest mm-hmm. quiz that you have and the red maven came up uh-huh. and that resonated with me so much because um i the archetype of Lilith comes through so much with me and I've been working with that energy and it has really been about, it's almost been like with Lilith, like, you know, she was cast out and 
demonized, you know, projected this, this, as the feminine, they're demonized and projected as, you know, our sexuality and everything else as being wrong, as being shameful, as being this, as being mm-hmm. that. But in a way, I almost feel like this energy of like, okay, well, if you're saying I'm a demon, I'll show you demon, right? And then really embracing that, again, that rage and that, yeah. that anger and that destruction and that power where it's like, now that energy, that, that's, that mm. needs to kind of rebalance, rebalance and heal and bring more love to it. And it's like, okay, don't want to do that anymore. Now let's co-create. Let's heal that gap. Let's mm-hmm. learn how to work with the masculine instead of fighting the masculine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of like the energy that's really been wow. the past couple of years really just bubbling for me. Thank you for sharing that so vulnerably too. Like just to let us in a little bit to your alchemical process and your your the healing and the magic, right? And it's what's so fascinating to me when you name so for those of you who are wondering who the Red Maven is, there's a there's a quiz that I have that's called the Six Faces of the Magdalene, and the Red Maven is one of those faces. And she is the raw creative power that we have to actually make manifest. She is the source of the magic and she's deep in the dark, right? She's in the earth. She's in the caverns. She's in where all the, all the jewels are made and all of the darkness that is the prime material out of which we create life, right? And it's our shadow and our potential light, right? It's the gifts that are hidden in the darkness. And she has access to all of that. And when I think about Lilith, the power of Lilith as being the dark goddess that she is, which is that, you know, her story basically being that she wouldn't, you know, lie under, simply lie under Adam. And she's basically said, well, if you're going to, if I'm going to lie under you, you're going to lie under me, basically. In other words, it's not just going to be missionary precision for me, sir. No, I'm not going to just be involved in that. And the story goes, right, that she was cast out because she refused to be supplicant, to be subservient in that way. And then, you know, many, many, many stories about her becoming, I always find it so fascinating that her name means night screech owl. You know, it's yeah. that it's that screech of the owl at night that go, makes you go, whoa, what was that? Right. And she's that, she's, she's a very powerful force and connected into that power of anger and rage just as we could call in Sekhmet too, in her, in her rage or, you know, power and rage and anger and fire. And what I find so interesting about what you just shared, and this is where the magic is, is that the, and I think this is a hallmark of working alchemically and magically is you've been in touch with that power and that rage and that demon energy, like what we could call demon energy, allowing yourself to feel it there's an allowance in there and in the allowance of you feeling it you're able to then transmute it you can't transmute and transform something unless you engage with it and that is part of the beauty of the work that you're doing and the work that I'm doing that many of us are doing which is is we are here going you you know really we've been taught to be afraid of and to avoid and to cut off and to hide those darker aspects of ourselves the shadow aspects and yet that without accessing them we cannot work our magic we can't be in the magic because magic requires us to engage with 
those parts that are in our shadow. That's where the magic transmutes it into something else, right? And so I find it fascinating that in doing that, you've now released yourself. Like there's a release that's happening of that block in your voice and the need to have to fight Mm -hmm. or to be against, but to now say, oh, it's time to shift the dynamic to work with. And I think that that's part of, there's so much power in your voice, Alegna, that you're unlocking, like you said, for your lineages who come before you who couldn't do this. Mm -hmm. Wasn't safe for them to do this. It wasn't safe for them to stand in the magic of who they are and the power of who they are. But through you, you know, you are the, great, 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 great granddaughter of that woman who, who knows what happened to her, who knows what how she, how she had to shut herself down and the amount of rage that she felt, that you felt, that we feel, right? So, ooh, that's why I bowed. I goosebumps. <laughs> yeah, well, I, and I think, but I think it's part of our, you know, when I, when I really think about it, I'm sort of curious about this, but it's like, as you engage that freeing, what I'm hearing, and I'd love you to talk a bit more about this, is that you're being liberated to come into a new relationship with the masculine. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like? How How is that shifting with your, you know, in general, but probably with your husband, right? I mean, I've been on a massive journey here recently too with my partner. Really mind-blowing. Perhaps I'll do a podcast episode on that sometime, but it's been really mind-blowing around the nature of relationship, actually. But I'm curious to hear like what's been shifting in your awareness as you allow yourself to do this work. What has the has the outpicturing of that been? Yeah, no, and it's that's something that's been very interesting for me. <laughs> relationship. And by the way, I have a stellium in Gemini. So that's Four of my signs are in Gemini in my seventh house. Oh, so like, oh wow. Relationships and partnerships. Yeah. It's a big theme for me. And on top of that, um, I'm polyamorous. So I've I have multiple relationships that I've been exploring. And my relationship with the masculine itself has been for so long such a fight. Like mm-hmm. it's just. And even with my husband, and we've been together for almost 18 years, like it's been so many phases of up and downs. And of course, relationships grow. And then, you know, there's, mm. there's always challenges, but just looking back at how much, how much I've had to fight, to be seen, to be heard, to be appreciated, to be valued, not just in that relationship, but in all my relationship, where that has been such a theme of just, I'm here, like, see me, not your shadow, Right. Of, of like the this masculine shadow almost over being a block but then also my recognizing that my own shadow is also has been played a part in that dynamic and really being able to now where it's more harmonious my relationships are more aligned my, even where we are with my, my, my husband it's a lot more you know there's a lot more healing now there's a lot more healing and understanding and being able to be like, okay, let's set that shadow to the side and realize that we're not 
the villain in each other's stories. We're actually trying to create the same thing. We're trying to create a, a love and intimate connection, but what's getting in the way is our own perception of each other, our own victim stories, our own, you know, our own pain. And if we're able to put that to the side, if we're able to really sit with our shadow and and face it and and, and heal it and, and spend time with it individually, mm-hmm. then when we come together, we can actually start working together instead of working against each other. Because it's it's always been that, and it's not just in my personal relations, but I feel like collectively too, too is this dynamic of, well, my truth is truer and I'm right and you're wrong. This is me, me, this or that type of dynamic where mm-hmm. now I feel like there's more of a shift in my personal relationships and collective relationships of learning and it's messy, right? But learning how can we create a this and that dynamic? My truth and your truth can coexist. My perspective and your perspective can coexist because the thing is that like we're all playing by different rules. We each have our own little perception of what the rules mm-hmm. are the right right way to do things or the right way to live life or what reality really is. Like we all have our different little reality bubble and set of rules, but somehow we expect others to follow our rules. We expect others to um, show up in the way that we would show up and, re- and really recognizing that we're each individuals with our own needs, perspectives, ideas, um, interpretations of events. Mm-hmm. Um, that in itself, learning that is what's bringing more harmony. What's, what's allowing this space of, okay, curiosity. Okay. Well, this is how I see things. This is what I need. This is who I am. I don't have to defend it. I don't have to fight for it. I can be curious about where you are and who, what mm-hmm. you think and how you feel and what your needs are. And then together we can figure out a way to, for both things to be honored, for both truths to be honored, for both needs that uh, needs to be honored. And really learning to do that has been, you know, it's, 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 it's a process and it can be messy because it requires sitting in our shadows and really recognizing our pain, but not blaming or projecting our pain to onto the other. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that I'm, I, I just am hearing so fascinating, right? So the, each one of us has the, the magic of our own alchemical blueprint if you want to put it and that's what the human design helps us to see that's what astrology helps us to see or the gene keys or all these different maps enneagram is another one you know they're maps right that help us to see where our own conflicting or opposing energies are in our makeup right and then when we come into so we have a relationship with ourselves which is already a complex relationship let's be real (laughs) and then we then we bring that self that that already complex self into relationship with our another. And then we've got two people, both with their complex relationships of all the things that are going on with them. And then we've got the sacred third, which is the relationship that's neither mm-hmm. one or the other, but is born of the connection that is actually what we're coming to experience when we come right. together. We're actually not coming to experience just ourselves. We're coming to experience the uniqueness of the relationship between us, right? And and I'm just smiling because, you know, we all probably can identify different areas of our lives where our 
quote unquote challenges have been, right? And I'm hearing, you know, yes, you've got a stellium in Gemini in the seventh house, which basically means that in the in in that place of partnership and you know, being in partnership. And of course you would be polyamorous because look at you, four planets in Gemini in the seventh house. Right. How could you possibly <laughs> only have one person to be doing that with? You would right. need quite a few to explore with, right? So I'm just sort of laughing at how how that shows up, right? And it's just like how it yeah. works. <laughs> so so I'm imagining, given the fact that you also are polyamorous, which is a very powerful way of relating to the world, right? Because of mo- there being multiple relationships that you're actually managing and that you're in, in, um, growing through and evolving through. And mm-hmm. so this kind of a, I always bow down to those who are naturally wired that way because, you know, it's, it's a, from what I can see, a very intense path of evolution because <laughs> yes. there's a lot to navigate. You know, I mean, I always laugh and say, wow, I, I have quite a lot to navigate just with one person. I can't <laughs> imagine, you know what I mean? Like for me personally, doing it with a bunch of people at once, I don't, I, I, I'm like, whoa, I'm really bow down to those people who, who that's their path. So within that, I, I, I'm super curious. Um, cause it sounds to me like from what I'm hearing is, is the journey has really been one where, where you are, getting a, a, a large dosage of the medicine of what it is for you to hold your own self mm-hmm. in respect and hold the other in respect and see where the needs of both can actually come into harmony rather than, well, if I get my needs met, then you don't get your needs met. And what's the actual need of our relationship? Right. The thing in the middle, right? Because I used to be a couples therapist and for years and years and years, I I ironically worked with mainly polyamorous couples, which was just bizarre because I myself was not (laughs) polyamorous, but somehow or another, that's just ended up what being happened and not just polyamorous couples, but, you know, couples who were in different, different configurations of, of, set up where there was, you know, two or three or four in a relationship, however many, right? And one of the things that I was always so fascinated by and so inspired by was the level of commitment to the relationships, to the actual being in relationships. So what is magical for you in that realm? What is it that you feel as a soul being that you're here exploring through that lens. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing is, like you said, the magic and uniqueness of the actual relationship. That third, right? The third creation, when we come together, when my energy mixes with somebody else's energy, what can we create? Can we create something beautiful and loving? And even if it's human and messy, but what's there in the curiosity of what, the uniqueness of every single dynamic, mm, mm, every single mm. dynamic, because we're all so different and individually we bring something different to the table and exploring those different dynamics. It just, that's the magic to, to me. Like that's the, like the alchemy of my energy mixing with the energy of another mm-hmm. and seeing what can grow from there. 
Mm. when it's allowed to grow, when it's nurtured, right? Mm. And getting to the point where I actually have these relationships that are being nurtured has been a long journey because what I've found is that a lot of us don't know how to relate with each other. Like mm. relationship skills, it's something that it's, we're not necessarily taught. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely, I, I, you know, I was just having a conversation this morning with my, my fairy godmother and teacher, Ariel Spilsbury, and we were chatting about this and I, and I was saying to her, you know, I feel like, um, I've been in this study of relationship for like my whole life. Right. And I think for many of us, that's true. And what I really feel like, and I'm, you know, you all know this in the right podcast, but I'm, I'm about to turn 55. Right. So I'm like, okay, I've been doing this a while now. <laughs> and I really honestly feel like this year I have finally understood another level of what relationship actually is. Mm. Because I think, I think we're not really taught about relationship at all. I mean, we, we use the word relationship, but I don't know if we really understand what it means to be in relationship with another, because we're taught, I think, in this culture, and I think that this is one of the things that's really difficult. We're taught that we're meant to get our needs met through a relationship, mm. right? That's what yeah, we're taught. That's a big one. Right? Like, you're meant to meet my need, mm-hmm. and that means we're in relationship. And if you don't meet my need, then this is not a good relationship. But that is not what a relationship is. A relationship is actually that thing that exists between you and another person that isn't actually about your needs. It's not all about your needs. It's actually about attuning into the dance and the interplay of being related. Actually, what is it that we get to be together when we're together? We aren't. I'm no longer just me and you're no longer just you. We're something else. We are exploring something else. And it's not all about my needs or the fact that you should meet my needs. And I think that this is something that takes some exploring because I think we're, we're dealt a really rough hand around that. Like, you know what I mean? And I hear, because I hear women talk about this a lot. Well, he's not meeting my needs or she's not meeting my needs. Like, like, Talk to right. the hands, right? <laughs> and I'm like, well, what if it's actually not always all about that? And then people get really like, well, I... <laughs> right? So I'm super curious because you're nodding. I'm super curious what you've explored around this. No, absolutely. It's, you know, and that is the biggest thing when we don't really understand relationship. And it's coming back to we give our power away because mm-hmm. we expect something outside of us to meet our needs to fulfill us and to make us happy when that's our job. (laughs) We have to take self-responsibility for our own experience. And that's something that, you know, in exploring polyamory in order to explore these different relationships is like, I I can't depend on any, any of my partners to meet my needs. Like, do they inherently, do I explore different things, different sides of me? Do I enjoy different dynamics? And then yes, but my needs overall, I'm responsible for him. I, in whatever way I decide or you choose to meet them, but you know, we're each individually responsible for our own happiness and our own needs. And we can support each other in meeting those needs. And that's 
part of relating, be supporting each other and loving each other. But that responsibility is our own and taking responsibility for our own experience is how you then can step into being that creator being step into creating, you know, making magic and co-creating and standing in your power and living a life that you actually want. You can't give away your power and your responsibility to somebody else to fulfill it. It's your experience, your life, your needs, ask for help, open up to help, open up your heart to receive, but ultimately understanding that it's your responsibility. And a lot of us don't know how to do that. We're taught to do that. And it takes time. It takes healing and it's a journey to get there. But yeah, that's, that's part of like, that's one of the biggest lesson I feel in, in relationships. And I feel why a lot of relationships fail because we don't, we expect others to meet our needs. We, that we have expectations of how others should be showing up for us in order for us to be happy. And where they don't meet those expectations. And half the time, we, don't, we might not even communicate what those expectations are. Right. right? right totally. <laughs> we don't even know what those expectations are. <laughs> we, totally. you know, we resent. Yeah. Resentment builds up and, and judgment builds up. And it starts poisoning the relationship. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting. Very interesting to me because I think that, that, you know, we can begin this conversation around magic and around, you know, what is magic? And one of my favorite definitions of magic is um, it's, it, it, magic results in, it gives us a shift in perception, right? Mm. It makes us shift how we're seeing something. That's what the magic really is. Like yeah. we're, we're no longer fixed in seeing it a certain way. And so part of me has been in this investigation around the the magic of relationship. And what I realize is, is that the magic inside of relationship is actually understand, really understanding, not mentally, but from a more embodied place, that this thing that you and I get to create together is magic. Mm-hmm. That, yes. that thing actually is magic. Yes. Because it isn't from one or either side and it's actually the magic of it is that it gives me the opportunity to expand and grow beyond where I would be if I just stayed in my own little bubble not not needing to stretch myself into something else where I am changed by the presence of the other and I think there's something very at the heart of it for me that is place of understanding relationship as more of a spiritual evolutionary experience you know there's lots of levels to relationship from you know survival needs through to you know uh, the the stability and companionship and all of these matter right there's all levels of it but on that other level we're really talking about relationship as a means to evolution to evolving ourselves and each other through it absolutely So I want to just honor the journey that you're on, love, in awakening and the work that you're doing with women in the world and with your own family and with your own constellation of beings that get to hang out in your world with you. And if you want to find out more about Alegna, we have all of her details below the podcast episode. Is there anything coming up, sweetheart, that you want to share about with our listeners here that you might be... um, creating and or you know just want to share from your heart 
Um, I got a few things I'm working on, but I'm not quite ready to share. <gasps> As a manifester, I like to work on my own little flow first, and then when it's ready. She does. Okay. She's one of the, in human design, Alegna is a manifester, which by the way is pretty unusual because there not many people get to be manifestors. There's um, in human design, there's manifestors and generators and manifesting generators and projectors and reflectors. There you go. That's a whole mouthful right there for a whole other conversation. But manifestors and reflectors are the most, un, you know, not normally met. So when I found out that she was a manifestor, I was like, oh, well, all righty then. Um, what does it mean to be a manifestor? Honestly, for me, it's just having the courage to go where nobody else has gone before, to do ah. things differently. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, love <laughs> it. To a new path. I love it. I love it. I love it. So if you're curious about human design, you can just type that into your web browser. There's lots of different ways to interface with that. And you can get a reading. There's a lot of free ways to do that too. You can get readings on what your human design is. Um, it's a fairly complex system, but it's fascinating for those of you who love the maps. I would highly recommend it. Um, I'm a generator, which is what most of us actually are on the planet, which means we, um, they say generators have to wait for the invitation, but really what we're doing is we're responding to the world around us. We're listening, responding, and taking action. There's a lot of action taking with generators. A lot of stuff gets done. Henceforth, the word generators with the batteries, with the power, that we're the ones that move the boulder up the hill, <laughs> get it going. And then the projectors out there, they're, they're out. I have a lot of projectors in my life. So I know a lot about projectors and projectors are the highly, highly intuitive sensitives. Usually they're much more introverted. They usually are the ones who are um, needing to be alone more and needing to take more time with things and are much more in the mystic realm, mystic creatives, I would say my projectors are. So be curious to find out what you are in that, in that whole system of thought. Um, but I just want to take a moment to, to rest with you, Alegna, and thanks for your time and your energy and for what you do in the world and for sharing your story here. And I think one of the things that we as women have in the sharing of our stories is we help each other to remember who we are through our stories and also to know that we're not alone in some of the reclamation work that we are all doing. To know that you're not alone in that, I think is really, really important. So thanks for your time, sweetheart. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the work you do. That's uh, beautiful work. And yeah, it's this is a reclamation, remembering, and we're doing it together and we're doing it by each of us sharing our own little medicine so indeed indeed so for those of you who are tuned in here um stay tuned for another episode of the red podcast coming your way very very soon and in the meantime i hope you all have a beautiful beautiful day many blessings i'll see you soon bye my loves i want to thank you for listening to this episode of the red podcast it's been an honor to have you here with us. As red women, we are here leading from the edges of our own evolution, birthing new worlds into being through our bodies, our hearts, our minds, and our beautiful presence. 
If you would like to be in contact with me, I love hearing from you. You can find me on Instagram at elaine.kalila or over on my website, elainekalila.com. And lastly, I'd like to invite you, if you loved this episode, to go ahead and share this with someone that you think might enjoy it too. It's through us sharing our hearts with one another and inspiring one another that we reveal our red, that evolutionary edge that is just waiting to be fully expressed in all aspects of our world. Until next time, many, many blessings. Blessings.